Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Ethos NBA DFSA podcast. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, just like I was on Christmas, actually Christmas Eve, uh, by my buddy uh, here, Mike Fiddle, Michael Fiddle, and he's going to join me for this New Year's Day small three-game slate, which we're both pretty excited about here. I had a chance to look at this stuff over. I mean, I know you prefer the smaller slates. Uh, Mike just gives you an opportunity to attack it from different angles, so uh, excited to hear what your insights are, as always. Um, but uh, we're going to get into this, guys. It is a three-game slate here, and let's just—I mean—we'll just hop right into it. I think they all have the same start time, so there's no really rhyme or reason here uh, between how I'm uh, breaking this down. But we do have the Sacramento. Let's just talk about the Sacramento Kings and the Memphis Grizzlies first. Here, uh, we currently have the uh, Memphis Grizzlies favored by four and a half points. It looks like on DraftKings and a 241 game total there. It is the highest game total on the slate. Uh, I think it's going to remain that way. I don't think there's anything that's going to touch that. Um, so it's going to be a popular, you know, game to target for DFS. Uh, let's go through the uh, injuries real quick on this in this game here. Um, Malik Monk is questionable with a wrist injury. We also have Santi Aldama out with an ankle injury and Zaire Williams out with a knee injury from Memphis. So pretty healthy, both teams here. Pretty much uh, everybody going to play in this one. Uh, I think that Malik Monk one is something to keep your eyes on, though, because there would be some minutes opened up for um, some of their, you know, some other guys that are more, you know, guard wing type players. So, uh, but, you know, go ahead, Mike. I mean, I know you, you must have some, uh, I know you have bets here on this game. I've been seeing them. I'm not going to ruin them for the, for the listeners out there, but what's your, uh, what's your angle here on this spread on this game in general, the game uh, scripting in general? All right. Well, Keith, nice to be back with you. We spent uh, Christmas. Yeah. You said Christmas Eve together, dominated the Christmas slate. I cashed in yeah. every single slate. I crushed the beddings. I think we did really, really well in the advice that we gave out there. It's nice to spend another holiday with you, bud. It's <laughs> like I just moved to San Diego. I've explained that to the listeners on the DFS today for people who listen to the NFL stuff because I'm the host of that podcast. Um I just yeah. moved to San Diego. I don't really have family out here in California. I'm from the East Coast, so it's nice to be spending the holidays with you instead of anyone <laughs> else um, and my dog, LeBron. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about this game. Uh, you mentioned that you think this is going to be a relatively healthy game for both sides. I'm mm-hmm. going to just jump in here and say I just don't think we have the information yet, but I, mm-hmm. would, I would go heavily the other way. Uh, that we're going to get a lot of late game scratches for this one in particular. Uh, we're going to see a lot of value open up for this. I love, love, love attacking the value here because the total opened at, you said it's 241. It opened at 240 and a half and mm-hmm. it's ticking up. So that's mm-hmm. like a clear indicator. I think I'm on, I'm going to jump in a small play on the over. I just want to make sure and see who's active. I want to make sure everyone's active, but I don't think everyone's going to be active. I'm like, we said Santi's out. We know Zaire's out, but let's just go through the list. I do not think JJJ is going to play on the second night of a back-to-back. We know that Mm. the uh, Grizzlies just played tonight. They beat the Pelicans. um, And now they're going, I think this is actually, are they going to Sacramento or is this a home game? Good question. Um, Let me check that real quick. They're they're home, so at least Sacramento's coming to them. Yeah. So maybe they do. Maybe they do play some of their players on a back-to-back because they're not traveling. I think a heavy chance that uh, Triple J is out for this game. He hasn't really played in any back-to-back. I'd be surprised if Bain plays. Uh, he's been limited to under 30 minutes every game since he's been back, and you know it's he's only been back a few games, so I wouldn't 
you know, Memphis super cautious with their injuries. I would think that Memphis rests Bane. We've seen Ja rest on a lot of these back-to-backs. We've seen Tyus Jones have these absolute takeover performances. And finally, we know that the Grizzlies just called up and recalled from their G League all three of their rookies in Roddy, LaRavia, and Lofton. So hmm. I suspect we're getting a we're getting an injury report tomorrow that includes a lot of Memphis key names and gives us a lot of value spots. So for me, for DFS, well, let's first talk for betting. If you're listening to this now and you see Sacramento plus 4.5, you take it. I do think that we are going to get some injuries for the Memphis side. And I do think that this line is going to go clearly the other direction. It's opened at a plus five for Sacramento. It's already down to four and a half. I jumped on the four and a half. I jumped on the Sacramento money line plus 160. I would strongly recommend both of those bet. I'll probably play an alternate spread of Sacramento minus three and a half. Often when I play a dog, I often play the alternate spread too, just assuming if they win this game outright, if they get some late game fouling, you could really get nice boosted odds by playing an alternate spread if you're already playing the underdog. So I'll be playing all three of those angles for the Kings, taking them straight up against the spread plus four and a half, taking them money line plus 160, taking them minus three and a half, which will probably be around like a plus 230 situation. So I'm on all of those. I like the under and for this game, I mean, I'm looking Tyus Jones. I'm looking Brandon Clark. I'm looking uh, Kennedy Chandler. If he's like, you know, if he's recalled and getting and jaws out, I think that's an amazing play. Uh, I just think there's a lot of really good options if there's a lot of people sitting and resting for this game. Yeah, that's definitely true. And, you know, I didn't even um, didn't know. I think the biggest piece of information you get used dropped out that I did not know about was the uh, G League players being called up. Yeah, that's, that's always a clear point. indicator. Yeah, it's always a clear indicator that uh, we could get some news here coming that some people are going to sit. So uh, it's interesting. We're going to have to wait to see who exactly is in and around this one. So uh, I guess my list currently that I have here, probably not up to date here. Uh, I mean, if Ja does play, though, at 9-9. Uh, as far as the spin up goes in a game that's got a total of 241, I, I don't see you have to have balls of steel to, to fade this guy in this in this uh, situation. So uh, I do like Joff. He does play. He's going to have high ownership. It's the highest game total, the weakest defense on the entire slate. So, um, you know, it's chalk. It's it's chalk, but I'm happy to eat, though. Um, and if you want to, you know, go ahead and do a pivot off of that uh, just to try to get, you know, win a GPP. I think it makes sense. I do have a play for that later also. But um, I think Joff plays in this one. I think, you know, it's a New Year's Day game. Uh, should be nationally televised. So, is it going to be nationally televised? Because they're all at the same time, actually. Now that I think about it, I do I'm think it sure. is. I do think it is a nationally televised Sunday holiday game. But I, I would, I would assume. I mean, the Grizzlies lay some duds in their mm-hmm. in their primetime spots. If they do play all their guys, then I actually think Bain makes for a great play because he's been under 30 minutes. If they're willing to play him in a back to back, they've probably started to you know, let go of the minutes cap and restriction for him. Yeah. And in this type of game where it's going to be so fast shooting and a lot of pace and, and just like, you know, pace and space and chuck up them some threes, especially because mm-hmm. if you're playing in DraftKings, they give you the half a point for every three that you make. So that's like the most valuable, uh, a three point specialist is very valuable in a DraftKings format. It's kind of like having a point per possession running back and a guy who catches balls as a running back. Um, so I really like Bain. I think his price tag has been dipping because his minutes haven't been rising. But I think we've hit the threshold where he's been back enough. If he is active, he's going to get significant run. So then I think it makes for a clear play. 
I don't think any of these games are nationally televised, which is interesting. It also says NBA really? League Pass. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. I'm looking at ESPN. It didn't have anything there. So I looked at another site, and I'm seeing NBA League Pass. So that's interesting. Maybe it's just football maybe, going so on. So maybe the Grizzlies don't lay a dud because no, no one's watching because that's what seems to happen when everyone's watching. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is a good – no, I, that's true. I mean, you know, it is a trend that we've seen before, so it is something we need to be aware of. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you, though. Desmond Bain is on my list here at 6,700. That price is just too small. But again, gotta see if he's playing. I don't think he's gonna be on a minutes restriction for this one, but uh, if we get word of that, obviously that that obviously reads on my parade a little bit here. But you did mention, yeah. L- last one. If if Bain's out, sorry to cut you off. You're good. You know my. You know who I talk about all the time is Dylan Brooks. Either either yeah. shoot less or make more. If if, ja, <laughs> if if Bain, if these guys are out, you put he's a not volume shoot Dylan Brooks. <laughs> Dylan Brooks becomes an absolute lock if he's playing yeah. and there's a lot of uh, Grizzly sitting. Yeah, Dylan Brooks is 5,400. I was probably going to play him anyway, so this, this yeah. is kind of bumming me out uh, mm-hmm. because if, if all these guys sit, then everyone's going to play Dylan Super Brooks. Yeah, yeah, and that's not going to be as valuable. But you play me. into it. You have to. Even in a GP, yeah. I, wouldn't, I would not fade a situation no. like that. No, no. He's going to chuck up 20 to 25 shots and hopefully hit most of them, but we'll see. I mean, he's going to have really high ownership. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, Dylan Brooks is one guy there. But you mentioned Brandon Clark who might be my favorite play no matter who sits or, or plays or not. Uh, no yep. Santi Aldama. He managed 21-plus minutes in the last one without Santi. Uh, you know, in that last game, there was no Desmond Bain. There was no Xavier Tillman either. Uh, so, you know, a little bit something that makes me a little bit wary about it. But I think he's going to be a lock for 20 to 25 minutes here uh, in this game, whether or not, you know, those other guys play. If those other guys don't play, then he's going to play that 25-plus minutes. And I'm really liking him at that 4,500 price tag. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a really smash play there uh, on the other side of the ball though let's talk kings and uh they never i mean they don't really sit people uh i don't think they have anybody that's you know going to be sitting in this one uh, i know Sabonis has been dealing with that hand injury uh but we haven't gotten word that he's going to be you know sitting or taking it easy or anything like that he's going to play through it uh but hey i've got my eyes here on kevin Horder at 5300 uh like you said it's a chuck pace type game uh this is a guy that will chuck up threes in transition so you know red velvet i'm, I'm all on top of that i've also got interested in keegan murray at 4300 uh, he's hit 20 plus dk points in 10 of the last 15 which is um, basically 5x value for you i think he's a very safe four play here and he's a good value play uh in this game that's going to have a high game total so those are the two kings i'm looking at but are you interested in you know De'Aaron fox and Devon? Devonta Sabonis on this slate. I mean, are those guys that you have in your player pool? I'm interested in both of them, just from a the way the game script is, the way the totals moving, and things like that. However, because I'm assuming that there's such value in some of the other spots, the way that right. I've constructed my lineup right now, I actually am playing Giannis and Jokic, so oh, wow. I won't have room for <laughs> them because if we do get you know all these Grizzlies sitting, then I could play a ton of Grizzlies and stack that up and then go the other way. Um, I, I listen. I, I actually like Harrison Barnes in this spot. He's been okay. getting the good minutes. I hear you on the on liking the forwards and Herder and Keegan Murray. I just think this is a game where there's going to be a level of physicality and having that veteran versatile. You know, maybe that maybe the Grizzlies are playing you know more small ball uh, and he's going against a rookie in Lofton or Roddy who are playing the four. I think Barnes is a lock to get 30 minutes at like you know the four for the Kings. And he makes for a really strong floor in this spot. So I, mm-hmm. I, I liked, I, I wrote in my notes that I liked Barnes more than Herter uh, because of the price tag. And I think that pr- he provides a safer floor in this particular matchup. I just think yeah. it's going to be very physical. So I'd like a, a veteran like Barnes who can certainly bang around. 
I will tell you right now, that is absolutely true. Every time I watch my Bulls play against this Memphis uh, team, it's just there, there's so much bang. It is a yeah, physical it's, basketball. It's team. one of those. It's one of those like you're ending up in the ice bath after the game type of situations. Yeah. Steve Nams is a lot of that, but uh, exactly. he, he will be playing in this so uh, in this game. So as far as we know, so uh, obviously. But I do love the bonus and Fox. Um, I probably like Sabonis the most as any spend up in this game. I'd probably take him over the Morant side too if everyone was active. Interesting. That is interesting. Uh, anyways, let's move on, though. Let's talk about the Wizards and the Milwaukee Bucks. I did see you posted a, a spread earlier. I'm not sure where you found it. I wasn't able to find it in DraftKings or uh, the other one that I used. But uh, I did. See, you did say Milwaukee is a nine-point favorite there uh, in this game. I don't didn't see a game total yet. Uh, I have to imagine it's below the uh, Kings and, and uh, Memphis one. But well, you know, talk to me from a betting angle here. You uh, think you're on the WizKids for this one, if I'm correct. I'm on the WizKids. Uh, Grizz kids and the Wiz kids. Those are my two. <laughs> those are the two teams that I that I add the kids in, and it actually makes sense considering the rosters right now. Beyond just it sounding fun with the name, True. Grizz kids definitely makes sense. Wiz kids also makes sense right now, mm. especially with Bradley Beal likely out. So, um, Bradley Beal might come back. Um, this this Question spread is at a nine. Uh, mm. It's it's a small play for me. I do think the spread is simply too high uh, because I actually really like some of the Wizards younger guys. I've been a big Denny Advia fan kind of the whole time. I think he's a much better perimeter defender than people give him credit for. I think Monty mm-hmm. Morris is a very stable point guard. I think Will Barton is a creator and a scorer and can pop off any game. I really like Kuzma. Uh, you know, Gafford's a great rim protector. Porzingis, I think they're a well-coached team in Wes Unsell Jr. So, like, I actually just can't put my finger on why the Wizards haven't been great this year. Um, I am going to bet them in this spot because having no Drew Holiday, having no Chris Middleton, having Giannis playing 42 minutes and 38 minutes in his last two games and going for 40 and 20 in both of them, how sustainable is that? And against a big spread like nine points when the Wizards have good rim protectors too, it's gonna it's going to rely on can the Bucks create a lot of offense with their shooting, and I think that provides opportunity to take the Wizards. I took it at the plus nine. Uh, I I also haven't seen a total come out. But again, Mm. if I'm on the Wizards plus nine, it's only half a unit. Um, I'm also going to be on the Wizards at their money line at plus 320. And I'm also going to be on the Wizards at an alternate spread at minus 3.5. And the way I distribute the units is to do like half half a unit or three quarters of a unit on the spread. And then a quarter unit each on those upshot swings in the in the uh money line and the alternate spread the idea is that if you still win the spread you're still profitable on the game and then if you hit on the uh money line and alternate spread it's just like a big multiplier you come out way ahead yeah and and if you, get, you get strategies like this if you sign up for a wager pass guys which you really should do uh go to the website sportsethos.com sign up for that wager pass i believe it's 14.99 a month for that uh you can get the uh dfs pass for 4.99 a month where you go ahead and get your access to the dfs team here uh we'll all speak to you up until lock about the guys that we're seeing in and out of the lineups the little lineup changes we're seeing who we're playing who we're not playing uh sometimes we're right sometimes we're wrong we try to be right more than wrong though uh but yeah you got to get that dfs pass and get in there and talk to us guys uh, and if you get the ethos 360 pass you get that all of that plus the fantasy pass which is also really valuable because it helps me win my leagues every year too so uh go to sportsethos.com and sign up for that but yeah um no i agree with you though like you know the young talent on the wizards i i agree i like it i like it a lot better than what they were trying to run out there uh you know with the veterans and everything like that i think it's better without Beal in the lineup honestly uh at least from a defensive standpoint it is for sure but i think their problem is that they don't don't have a 
a shot creator or a scorer. I like Kyle Kuzma. I think he's a really decent, you know, guy receiving the basketball and making the move off of the defense shifting. I don't think he's a great guy to, you know, initiate your offense off of. I really am not into Monty Morris being the starting point guard on this team. So I think they have their their issues in in terms of, uh, you know, roster construction and in terms of offense. But, uh, but just to talk about DFS, I mean, you know, without Beal in lineup, we've seen Porzingis go off. Uh, I do have some interest in him in 8,900 here. I think he's going to be lower owned because they are playing the Bucks. And anytime someone's playing the Bucks, I mean, you know, the Bucks are such a great defensive team. People right. often fade those team, play those, fade those players. So I'm hoping for low ownership here. I'm hoping to sneak him into my lineup here if we get the uh, news that Beal's not going to play. Uh, he is questionable with that hamstring injury. I apologize, guys. We have a little bit more uh, injury news I need to break down for you also. Taj Gibson also questionable with the groin injury. Not really that big of a deal. Uh, on the Milwaukee side, we do have Drew Holiday out with an illness. Middleton out with an, that knee injury, just still nursing that, and George Hill questionable with an illness. So uh, a lot of uh, Bucks guys that are out here, I think that's going to create some value also in this game. But um, but I do have Monty Morris. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Now talk about Monty. No, I was going to say I do have Monty Morris on my list here of, of DFS plays because I think without Beal, he's got a safe floor of that five x value. Um, and I'm not like I'm not into him in real life basketball being the point guard that's going to be the initiator of my offense, but in DFS. Hey, man, he's been balling. He's been playing pretty well, uh, hitting his shots at a really high clip. Uh, I think that could fall off a cliff, you know, anytime now. But 4,900, all you're looking for is, you know, 28, 20, 27, 28 DK points. And you can easily get that from Monty here in this spot. But, yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? Are you, like, I think the, the biggest question for this game is Giannis is coming off two two back-to-back 40-20 games. Both times he's had 80 fantasy points. We're without Holiday and Middleton. like. Let's tell, let's be straight up to the listeners. Like, mm-hmm. are we playing Giannis? Are we fading Giannis? What's your is is he your favorite spend up on the slate? I like if if you if you are fading Giannis, please give your rationale. Uh, I'm going to play Giannis, so I would like to make that clear for this game, and then we could talk about some value options from this spot. But I think we need to just hit. Mr. Antetokounmpo straight on the head first. I mean, I don't think I can completely fade him. I think that's absolutely asinine because, like you said, he's just been MVP level uh, without, you know, having Middleton or Drew Holiday in the lineup here. He's going to have tons of usage. Um, I personally, I'm not fading him on this slate, but I'm going to leave him out of a few of my lineups at least because uh, I think, you know, you mentioned it before, Denny Avia, they've got Kyle Kuzma. They've got some really decent wing defenders on that. Yep. Porzingis team. and Gafford are two good Porzingis, yes, Gafford. I mean, we are talking about rim protection. I think this is a really solid team uh, when it comes to rim protection. And that's going to really, I don't want to say hurt Giannis. Giannis is, is going to rise above any challenge that, that meets him. I mean, teams build walls against this guy and they, it still doesn't stop him. So uh, I'm not thinking that he's going to like, you know, have a 10-point game or something. But I think it's going to, I think we're looking at more of a, you know, mid, you know, floor game, about floor for him without Middleton and Drew Holiday. So it's still a very good game for him, but it's more of a floor game in that situation than a ceiling game for me. So that's why I'm trying to see if people will roster him and then I will, you know, maybe what's win your, what's, what's your thinking around it? Like, so if you, so for me, Giannis is clearly my favorite spend up and I'm going to be playing him. So if, so if you're, not building a lot of rosters out with Giannis if you're having some exposure to him but not a ton is your thinking more play Jokic against the Celtics in that matchup or are you going like are you going with a higher spend up than Giannis or are you going with like going maybe the Sabonis and Morant route and taking two lower spend how are you projecting your lineups out I just think it's so hard to fade Giannis when he's getting 
38 minutes because Budenholder doesn't normally play him more than 32 minutes. So the fact that we're having Holiday and Middleton out, we're kind of getting a price expecting him to play half a quarter less of basketball than he will. I'm expecting Ja Morant to go nuclear. So let me go ahead and just okay. say that. So, <laughs> so, he's, so that's so he's, your, he's kind of your like he's my favorite. Sport. Yeah, he's my favorite spend up. Assuming here. he um, plays because I kind of have a hunch he's right. going to sit. If he sits, I mean, that obviously blows up my plan out of out, right. totally out of the water. But I'm hoping to get two $10,000 guys in right now. Right, I've got okay. John Morant and Jason Tatum in, uh, which I think, you know, Love I think Tatum I'm definitely, too. yeah, I think I'm definitely going to be winning in terms of ownership. You know, they're, Tatum, I think especially, isn't going to have very high ownership here on this slate. And if he goes off against the Denver Nuggets and it's a close game, that's what, you know, that's kind of my my thinking here is that the Boston-Denver game really was the one that struck me as the one that had the most implications, the one that was going to be the closest, the one that was going to be the most competitive on this slate. And in any games like that, that's why I like to you know target the star players. So I think, you know, if you're looking at Tatum or Jokic, I think those are two really good guys that are going to have lower ownership than a Giannis or a, or a John Morant that you can slip into your lineup. And I think they have a potential here to go off because you could end up getting a, a game that comes down to the wire and you've got both, you know, both these guys playing 38, 39 minutes, you know? Um, so I think that's my thinking there. Now, like I said, I don't think I can fade Giannis completely. So I will have some lines with Giannis in there. Did you have something to add with that? Uh, no, I, I think that I think that answers my question a lot. I just wanted to know how you were building out your lineups and to hear that you're going with like two ten thousand player guys instead of, you know, the twelve thousand and then the, you know, figure it out with your four and five and six thousand guys around it is very helpful. I think that'll help the listeners a lot too, because yeah. this is kind of a, you know, we like a lot of these players, but it just becomes a, you know, money management and a, you know, salary distribution thing. It's like you're sitting in your GM chair. And you're like, what do I have my salary cap to? You know, what are my priorities as this team? So I, I understand liking a ton of these players, but having to make that cut at some point. So I think that was insightful yeah. to know where you're thinking was. No, yeah, definitely. Roster construction is one of those things we talk about in the DFS pass for sure. And we try to at least, uh, and we should talk about it more on the podcast. But yeah, that's a good point there. Um, but speaking of, you know, you're talking about a three-game slate. You're looking for spots where you're going to get guys that might get overlooked or guys that are similarly priced that might go lower owned. So I'm going to, you know, go ahead and just shoe in Daniel Gafford into my lineup here. Cause I think that, um, you know, Robert Williams is the same exact price as Daniel Gafford. I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards Robert Williams. I think he's going to have high ownership. And, um, I don't think you know, it's not that I'm a Robert Williams hater. You know, that's what you have to understand. And this, you know, when you're talking about DFS, it's not that you hate people that you're fading or you like people more that you're playing. Sometimes I play people I don't necessarily like. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of Daniel Gafford in real life, but I, I think he's a great play on this DFS slate because uh, I think he's going to be a pivot off of that Robert Williams play that a lot of people are going to have. Because Robert Williams, he was nearly he's nearly a lock for a lot of people probably because he's going to hit five X value, like pretty much guaranteed. But Gafford also has a pretty high ceiling. He's been getting 26 minutes. Um, so, you know, if you have that little bit of a, of a tweak there where you're uh, just a little bit different. Um, so anyways, Gafford's the guy that I'm eyeing here as kind of my pivot to make me a little bit, you know, a little bit more unique because I'm playing this large field GPPs and it's only a three game slate. So I hear you on all that. I, like I said, and I keep saying I'm playing Giannis and Jokic, which takes up both of my center spots. So then I right. don't have any room for a Time Lord or a Gafford. Right. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying. If you're playing in a GPP situation, go towards a Gafford. If it's a lower ownership situation, if you're playing in a cash game tournament, you might prefer Rob Williams. I don't even know if I love Time Lord in this matchup. The 
the they're going against Jokic, so like anytime you're going against Jokic, you have that foul trouble, yeah. foul trouble possibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy is just a savant with the basketball, mm-hmm. and then they're going to throw a lot of different bodies at Horford. So I mean, at 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 Jokic, so which which means I think Horford um, will get some time on Jokic. I think it means some Tatum you know, picking up Jokic at the nail and then handing him off to a Grant Williams or a Rob, like they play these switch schemes too. So it pulls uh, him a little bit away from the basket. And then whenever you're going against Jokic as a center, he plays near the three point line. So if he's shooting a three, your center is less likely to get the rebound. So going away from that and going against Giannis, who's more likely to be in the paint makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the Bucks a little bit, though, because you, you mentioned you're playing Giannis. I'm not, so I have some interest in some of these other Bucks, you know, just to slip in and have some exposure to this team. Uh, I have interest in Brook Lopez at 5,900. I think he's going to be another overlooked guy. He's hit 5x value in three of the last four. And he seems like a safe floor play to me. Uh, but, again, that's a center position guy. I've already got, you know, Gafford out there. You've got Jokic. You've got uh, Robert Williams. So I don't know how much Brook Lopez I'll get in my lineups. Um, I'm also mentioning Javon, Car- Javon Carter at 4,300. No Drew Holiday, obviously. Um Another guy that's a pretty safe floor guy here at 4,300 because uh, he's going to get the minutes. He's going to get the shots. You're just going to hope that he hits, you know, 25 uh, or so DK points for you. And that's going to go ahead and get you that value you need. Um, I'm going to throw these guys out here. I don't – I'm not high in them. I'm probably not going to roster them. But if I end up wanting to slip a more expensive guy in, uh, I do have some interest here in Joe Inglis at 3,400. Um, man, I don't know if I should chase that last game he had. I mean, he's getting the minutes. He's got the skill level. He's getting back from the injury. It's right around the time when people are coming back from injuries. They start playing their, you know, their brand of basketball, better basketball. So it's I don't know. I don't know. I don't have my lineup right now, but I might have to go uh, investigate how to get him in there. Uh, another guy I'm going to throw out there just as a extreme pivot. You want to be really, really contrarian, and no one's going to have this guy. AJ Green, 3200. He played 22 minutes in the last game. Uh, a guy that no, I didn't even know who he was. I was like, AC Green <laughs> for the Lakers? I, I saw his name in the, in the East Bend box score. I was like, who is this guy? Um, so yeah, I, I just don't think a lot of people are going to have him on the rosters, and he is basically minimum pricing. He's a three-point shooter. If he hits three or four, five threes, then you're, you're really cooking there, and nobody's going to have that guy on the roster. So, uh, any other guys that you're looking at in the Bucks uh, squad here? Without Drew Holiday, uh, there's almost no way I'm not playing Joe Ingles at this price tag. I think mm-hmm. he becomes uh, a three-point shooter and a facilitator for this team. Uh, versatile defensive body with length against the Wizards team, which also provides some length. Uh, Joe Ingles is a lock for my lineup. Can't fade him right now. It's fair enough, and you you probably are right. Gosh, I have to th- man, I have to think about it more. Anyways, let's just move on here. Let's talk about the Boston Celtics and the Denver Nuggets. Celtics are favored by one point here with a game total of 235. Slam it! Sorry, I had to do that no, again. You're good. I know last you... time we talked about the Celtics and it worked out, so we're doing yep. it again. Slam it! Celtics are a better basketball team than the Nuggets. But yeah, go ahead and talk about that. So you like you like Boston minus one. Uh, are you on the game total at all? What do you, what do you like about Boston here? Boston, uh, it's the spreads minus one. The spread opened as Boston plus one and a half. So they were the underdogs. Now they're becoming the favorites. Obviously, not the biggest difference in movement when you're going around that one point threshold. I mean, not that many games. Not the same movement movement as going from like six and a half to nine, even though it's still two and a half points. Um, but um, love Boston. It's a matchup thing again. It's a it's mm-hmm. a the way that the Nuggets play allows the Boston Celtics to shoot a lot of threes. So I recently made a bunch of NBA finals bets. Um, Denver Nuggets were in that situation. And I think 
if as long as they end up in the finals and they're not playing against the Boston Celtics, they would beat every team in the East. But I think this is simply a matchup situation for them where it's where Boston presents a lot of issues because of their length, defensive versatility at the five position, like we just talked about with Horford, Rob Williams, mm-hmm. even Grant Williams, even Tatum. Like mm-hmm. these guys will they will switch. They will show. They will double. They will flash. You'll get a rotating Brogdon and Smart and and Derek White like on the weak side. So like what Jokic specializes in is is reading and passing and splitting zones and, and, and all of that stuff is what the Boston defense is so good at stopping. And then on the other end, they're really good at shooting threes, super high volume, super high efficiency, and the Denver Nuggets not as good at closing out and defending against the three, right? So I really like this spot for the Celtics. Celtics won by 20 the last time they played in November. Jokic only had uh 43 fantasy points in that game. So he would went way under value for Jokic uh, style. He had 28 uh, and eight. He still played 30 minutes and took 20 shots. So his volume was there. So I wouldn't be too scared of fading Jokic in the spot. Of course I'm not, he's in my lineups, but I absolutely love the Boston Celtics. And, and Keith, you said it was, uh, I jumped on the minus one. I actually switched it. So I saw the minus one over at FanDuel. I saw the minus 115 money line at Caesars. And this is a classic scale in line shopping. I took the minus 115 because that was only costing me five cents to get that extra point. Mm -hmm. So I took the minus 115 on the money line. I did not end up taking the minus one. But I would play the Celtics spot up until minus two and a half, really, is Mm -hmm. where I would play it. Yeah, I I agree with you 100%. Uh, no, nothing to add there. Um, but for DFS purposes, I already mentioned Tatum, 10-2. I think he's probably going to be my pivot here. That's you know I, he's going to have lower ownership than a lot of those other guys are in that 10,000 range. Uh, and I just think it's going to be a lot of you know people are going to stack Denver and Sacramento. People are going to stack other games. So this game here though, again, rings to me like it's going to be it's a one point spread right now. It's going to be a competitive game. I think it will be down to the wire here. I think we're going to get a lot of the stars in this game. So. Uh, uh, Tatum at 10-2. I've also got Robert Williams in my in my pool, as I've mentioned already. Those are the only Celtics I've got. I think you can get other guys in there. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I just don't necessarily have them in my pool. On the Denver side, I do have Aaron Gordon here at 6,300. He's uh, probable to play in this one. And this is, um you know, this is a ceiling play. I think, you know, his ceiling has been about 45 DK points over the last 10 games. Uh, this is a really tough matchup here. So he's going to have low ownership again. Um, don't think I'm going to have him in my lineups ultimately, but he is a guy that I'm currently looking at a bit. I've also got MPJ at 5,800. Uh, if there's no Jamal Murray, I've got some interest in him as well. Um, and the same with Aaron Gordon. If there's no Jamal Murray, I have more interest in those guys because it's going to be more shots and more usage to go around for them. But ultimately, I don't think I'm going to play any Nuggets. I think you, you can play Jokic or the other guys are kind of just a crapshoot, honestly. Who's going to go off? I don't really know. But it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, do you have other guys on the Denver side that you're interested in? Uh, Jokic is definitely in my lineups right now. He's the only player from anyone in this game that I like. I'm generally a big Marcus Smart person in DFS because of he can do so much. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be picking him again this time because how the recent uptick in Denver's ability to guard guards, like Christian Braun has been amazing. Uh, you know, uh, Bruce Brown is back and playing this game. He's a terrific perimeter defender. A lot. It's very funny how 
Bruce Brown was the center for the Nets last season, and now he's just <laughs> right back to being a guard for the for the Nuggets because Jokic. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I actually I do like MPJ in this spot. I think uh, 5,800 against the wings of of Tatum and Brown. You're gonna want that length and of a MPJ. You're gonna want that quick quick trigger of shooting. It's gonna be harder to attack the rim against this team again, and the amount of switches. So I think potential high volume. Uh, low floor, high minutes game for Michael Porter, even though you might have guys like Gordon and Bruce Brown coming back. I don't, I wouldn't worry about it. So that's kind of a situation that I would be contrarian in liking a low owned MPJ. I also like the under in this game. So that's another reason why I haven't put in a lot of these guys. I'll never like give you a good reason why you should fade Jokic. So that's why Jokic is in my lineup. And then I like the under 235 and a half. And I love the Boston Celtics money line. That is my biggest bet of the day for this January 1st slate. And I think it's a great one, man. I think it's going to hit for you. But uh, all right, let's talk about Thrive Fantasy. We do have thrivefantasy.com uh, as a sponsor here. We don't mention them. Ethos is the promo code. Uh, you do get a deposit match bonus up to 250 bucks. Go do it. Um, that's where on Christmas Day I won like 1200 bucks off of $80. So uh, that's just incredible. Uh, you know, that doesn't happen very often. So it was uh, it was a good hit there. Uh, we hope to keep that kind of thing rolling. I've hit a couple of different ones since then as well. So I'm going to keep rolling with that one. But I've got a couple of Thrive plays here, uh, Mike, and I, I just want to get your thoughts on them, kind of like we did last time. Uh, I we mean, went I got, repeated last time before. Let me interrupt you real quick. No, no, you're good. It's good. Yeah, we did because, uh, we'll because they're a good place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tatum, over 29.5 points, 95 points for that play. Think it's gonna be a close game. I know you've got the under in points. So are you feeling that over in Tatum scoring? What'd you say you got it at? How many? Twenty-nine point five. No, I'm okay with that at twenty-nine point five. Generally, you wouldn't like to play the over on a player prop points when you're going under on a total. However, the total right. is two thirty-five, so it's a high right. total, and yeah. for Tatum getting it under thirties not relatively too high. Um I really like Tatum. I think he's a great GPP spend. I think what you were all what you were saying is great. I also think he's a little bit of a cheat code underratedly for uh, DraftKings DFS because of his three point volume. I mean, this guy shoots 10 threes like nearly every game. Mm-hmm. Um, so and last game, 11 threes, the game before that, 16 three point attempts. So if he's hitting, it's just a nuclear explosion. Yep, and that's what we're looking for, GPPs. Uh, I've also got DeMontis Simonis over 16.5 rebounds and assists. That's just like, what? why is it that low? It makes no sense at all. Um, I think he's going to get easily 10, 11, 12 points, 12 rebounds. A big win. I think Mike just got a big win there. I just got did, a did huge win. win. Um, oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Keith. I was watching <laughs> this on the side. But the, the Miami Heat were dumb oh, enough. Three points. To foul. Yeah. The, the, the Miami Heat were dumb enough to foul. They were up three. With six seconds left, and they fouled Lori Markkinen shooting a three-pointer, oh, right? Wow. They tied the game. The Jazz just tied the game. And then, um, who was it? I think it was Tyler Hero just hit a game-winning three-pointer with zero seconds left. And your boy, Mike Fiddle, <laughs> follow me, mfiddle14 on Twitter, just went 7-1 and one on the day betting basketball, uh, including the Heat plus three and a half, the Heat money line, and the only bet that I lost, which I'm not too upset about, was taking the alternate spread Heat minus three and a half. So I I only lost half a point on that alternate spread. 
but seven and one. Sorry, let's talk about your bets again. <laughs> no, it's it. it's all good. That's a it's a great man. And obviously, <clears throat> again, to get that wager pass, so you guys can get access to these plays. You can go eight and all eight and zero as well. Uh, but yeah, Demonte Simone's over sixteen point five rebounds and assists, eighty five points for that one. That's just uh, just way too low. I don't understand why that's so low. So just are you worried? For that one, Keith, are you worried about, you know, potentially the resting situation of the uh, – Yeah, if the Grizzlies end up resting a bunch Grizz? of guys. Hmm. So so that totals at 240 right now, 241. So I would just tell you to keep an eye on that total. If the Grizzlies end up resting a bunch of guys and then you see that total drop substantially down to like 236 or below, then that's enough movement where you might want to deviate. I love Sabonis. I said he's one of my favorite spend-ups on the slate. I'm not playing him because of the Giannis-Jokic combination that I'm going crazy on. But I like the thing because I like I like Sabonis. I like the total. I like the situation. I like Sacramento in this game. I like the over in this game. All those reasons, I'm very pro it. I would just caution that to check back before the slate locks. Yeah. Good point. Uh, last one I've got here is I do have John Morant over 41.5 points, rebounds, and assists. 105 points for this one. Again, I'm expecting John Morant to go nuclear in this game. The total is high. We're going. We're betting the over on this one. Uh, you know, again, this is another situation though where we have to watch the news over there with Memphis. I mean, a bunch of guys are sitting here. If John Morant's playing and everyone else is sitting though, I, I mean, this still looks good to me. Over 41.5. It's a big number though. Well, how do you feel about that one? I think I can smell little Keith playing a little plus 850 John Morant to score over 40 points. You could you could see that I could let it. I'm not going to be I'm uh, not going to be a little (laughs) urine soaked wet blanket to come give you anti jaw takes right now. If you're high on jaw, (laughs) I'm high on jaw. Let's roll. I like Ja Morant as long as he's active. As long as he's active, I like this. If he's inactive, I don't think he's going to get a lot of points, rebounds, and assists. I could. I think he could. Yeah, obviously. I think he could. <laughs> I think he could easily get a forty burger though against this Kings team. So uh, yeah, let's let's go ahead. And Plus eight fifty on DraftKings for that. Let's just go ahead and wish that into existence. I like it. All right, guys, that's gonna do it for us though. Happy freaking New Year! It is twenty twenty three. You all have a great one. I hope you guys win all your bets. I hope you guys have a profitable, and healthy and prosperous New Year. Uh, Mike, it is always a pleasure, my friend. I'm glad to have you on. Hopefully we can get you on regularly once that football season ends. If you guys don't check out Mike already, go to the NFL DFS Today podcast. Check it out. Great information. Up in NFL 2. Um, knows the stuff across multiple sports. So, uh, Mike, it's been a pleasure, man. If you want to follow me, uh, I'm on Twitter at BSBPKeith. And you have anything to add to that, Mike? No, can I just run through the bet? Because I knew I talked about the bets a lot oh, yeah. sporadically. Do you mind if I just list them off real quick before we Let's sign get off? The, Let's get the full Mike Fiddle card, and you guys can go win some money. Go ahead. Celtics minus 115 money line for one and a half units is the biggest bet of the night. Then we have the Sacramento Kings plus four and a half. The Sacramento Kings money line plus 160. The Sacramento Kings alternate spread minus three and a half. When it comes out, I expect it to be around plus 220. The Wizards plus nine. The Wizards plus 320 money line. And again, the Wizards minus three and a half on the alternate spread. I expect that to be around plus 400 when it comes out. And the Sacram—I mean, the um, Celtics Nuggets under 235 and a half. I like it. Go win that money, guys, and we will catch you guys in 2023. Until then, go make that money. Peace out, guys. Thanks, Keith.